Welcome back to the Colorado Switchblade. I'm your host, as always, Jason Van Tatenhove. Man, the new year is just sprinting ahead, isn't it? I mean, I I was hoping to take it easy until February, but I later on uh, here very shortly, I'm going to be traveling to New York City. Uh, I've got to meet with a few people. Hopefully, my publisher. Um, also, the uh, going to be doing a a sit down interview, getting filmed for a, a documentary movie for PBS. Probably, they're not sure where it's going to wind up for, but working with another uh, Emmy award winning uh, producer and director. Um, you know, I wasn't sure. I've been I've been developing two different documentary series with major studios. Uh, one one is more like you know going to be more of a cable like outlet, like, you know, Showtime, HBO type stuff. Um, and the other one is probably going to be more of a news-oriented outlet, but you never know. Um, but there, there have been so many crazy things happening with what is going on in Hollywood with producers and just writers and people that are creating content, like the creative side of things, that I really wasn't sure any of it was going to happen. But they've actually, I've got a meeting set up tomorrow with one, of those studios, uh, another one in a couple of weeks, but you know, they're actually expanding where we were talking to like one to three episodes runs of things that, that have been asked to help create, like actually be the writer, be the, one of the producers and um, then also be on camera uh, doing these things. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of blown away that uh, instead of kind of going the same way that it looks like Hollywood's doing in a lot of ways, um, they're actually uh, doubling down and want to work with me even more. So exciting stuff. Um, I just had a great profile piece come out in the Washingtonian magazine. I'm going to put a link into it, um, a link to it into the show notes so you can check it out and read it for yourself. But it's like a man. It's like a there's a two page spread of like a close up of my face um, that starts it off. And they also have like a two page spread of like a picture of me. Um, they came up and did the photo shoots here around SS park. So all the pictures are either like in my bedroom where I work or, or around town here in Estes. So, um, I'll put that up there, but it's, it's kind of like a rolling stone profile. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting stuff. I got another, uh, interview that's going to be coming out on byline news, which is out of the UK, um, probably tomorrow for the one year anniversary of January 6th. I'm also, I figured I'd been asked to be on some shows for the, the two year anniversary now of January 6th, but no, so I'm just going to take it. Um, man, speaking engagements are filling up just, I think it's going to be a very, very busy spring and summer for me. Anyway, for today's episode, I have a, a pretty interesting story. So you guys have all been hearing about the, the migrant crisis that's happening on the southern border where we have this just massive influx of, of people coming across looking for better lives. Um, and they've actually started busing them places. And one of the locations that they've been busing people to is actually Denver. And they've been so inundated with these migrants that Denver itself is now calling for help. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is, I'm gonna, this is an article from Fox 31, um, <clears throat> that came out on, uh, last updated today. It came out two days ago. Um, but dozens of migrants are arriving in Denver each night, adding to a total of more than 3,600 migrants served by the city in less than a month. And the, the city of Denver is saying resources are being stressed to the max. Denver officials are calling on neighborhood cities, counties, and churches to step up. At Denver's first city council meeting on Tuesday, Councilwoman Amanda Sandoval made a plea for help, and, and the mayor has actually made a plea as well. But she says Denver cannot be the only ones who are shouldering this responsibility. And we really have seen an exponential rise just from uh, December 9th um, through to January 3rd. We're seeing increases, you know, back in December 9th, we had about 800 total arrivals. Um, but in the basically less than a month that it's been, they've been tracking this, um, it has gone up to 9,200 
and 22. And um, so, yeah, we've just been seeing a steady, steady stream of arrivals coming. So the Denver City Council approved a $1.5 million in state funding for Denver's emergency migrant response. However, as of December 31st, the city has spent um, basically 1.1, a little over $1.1 million on the response. Denver is projecting to spend approximately $3 million over the next few months. And I, they, they, the, the councilwoman goes on to say that she doesn't think there's going to be any end in sight and that we need to activate other types of resources to make sure that we are not the only country carrying this burden for the nation. Um, Governor Polis said Tuesday that the state allocated $5 million specifically for assistance with the migrant response. About half of the $5 million has already been allocated, and only a fraction of that has been spent, Polis said. That was, the open, that was open to any city in Colorado. Denver was the only city... Um, the only city to put in for those funds. Sandoval and Paulus are also asking for federal help. Um, they think it's important that they have a national coordinated approach to this, and they are hoping that the Biden administration is going to step up, show some leadership in this area. Um, so they're, uh, Fox 31 actually reached out to several cities and counties in the metro area asking where they have plans to assist. And I'll, here are the responses they got um, back so far. So Aurora has wholeheartedly embraced, embraces its cultural, rich, and diverse community by maximizing its existing resources as efficiently as possible. However, the resources are not limitless. Additionally, the city is not structured like the counties that are funded to provide health and human services. Denver is, of course, a city and a county. We continue to seek information from our counties and state on any resources and services they currently have and intend to add to provide humanitarian assistance needed to assist the migrants who arrive in Denver over the last couple of weeks. We also continue to work closely with our community partners, so they're really not doing much. Lakewood, counties such as Denver, the level of government that provides social and human services and receive the state and federal funding for those kind of services. Given that, the city would look to Jefferson County for providing any requested assistance. And we would determine... Whether there's any support Lakewood could provide to Jefferson County in response to a request for assistance. So we, we kind of see a trend happening here, don't we? Centennial. The city of Centennial continues to work with Arapahoe County and the Office of Emergency Management to monitor the situation. There are no plans to activate at this time. Littleton. The city does not operate in the Littleton Immigration Resources Center. The city does operate the Littleton Immigration Resources Center which provides limited services to documented immigrants. Here's a link, and they give a link to their website. As a smaller city, we do not have the extensive resources to provide for migrants and asylum seekers as such, such as housing. Jefferson County. Jefferson County is monitoring the situation, evaluating resources and partnerships. City of Boulder and Boulder County. We are aware that our neighbors in Denver have seen a significant number of migrant arrivals over the past few weeks and have declared a state of emergency. Through the Boulder Office of Disaster Management, which is co-founded by Boulder County and City of Boulder, we are providing support to Denver sheltering operations. This includes a half-time staff person who is focused on providing recruitment, training, and background checks for volunteers, and some county human services staff who have worked shifts at Denver shelters. We are also working closely with our partners at the state of Colorado and in other counties to monitor the situation as it unfolds and to determine how best to identify additional support for Denver. We recognize that the migrant community is experiencing complex, difficult, and challenging circumstances beyond what we are able to imagine. We are committed to supporting our local partners, fellow municipal, municipal, municipal and county governments, and nonprofit organizations as they work to provide resources during their international humanitarian crisis. I mean, at least they're giving like half a person for this, you know, I don't know. It continues. Here we go. Arapahoe County commissioners share the growing concern with the influx of migrants in Colorado and its impacts on cities and counties. Commissioners are grateful that the state is assuming coordinated coordination for the intake processing and transportation of the migrants and are thankful to the city and county of Denver and nonprofit partners that help help these individuals and thank and families. Over the past several weeks, the county is working with its network of providers to assist as possible, yet many nonprofits and community programs are at capacity with record cold in December and January. Commissioners are working with county and state leaders to identify possible solutions to the crisis, including regional approaches. Funding remains the biggest hurdle for these efforts as federal and state funds are constrained by statute and prevent the county from 
serving undocumented migrants. Any assistance would need to fall to the county's general fund, which is constrained by higher demands for service due to COVID inflation and taxpayer bills. The commissioners recognize the uniqueness of this challenge and the opportunity it presents. So Larimer County has done the same thing. Fort Collins, Larimer County also said, it just seems like this is a pinball game where they're just trying to bing, bing, bing and pass the buck, including here in Estes Park. And the reason we're talking about this is we'll get to that in a minute. So also there has been, um, there's another story coming off the Colorado Sun that the Colorado governor, Polis, says his plan to bus migrants out of Denver is night and day compared with GOP governors. So part of the problem is the, these people get to the southern border and, you know, they're being bussed to places like Martha's, Martha's Vineyard. Uh, we saw that on national news, but all over, like generally democratically held areas. Um, so, you know, the, the Governor Polis is going to do the same thing. He's he's bussing these people out. But for some reason, he says it's different. So, you know, a surge of migrants arriving in Denver throughout the past month, it, it just it's pushing the city resources to the brink. And that's true. But at the same time, no one else is stepping up to help. And, you know, these funds that Polis has released are available to any city or county. Um, so, uh, yeah, they are. And, and so, again, Polis pledged $5 million in funds uh, from the state to help with the migrant situation. But that's including sending people on chartered buses to various cities across the country. More than 100 migrants left on buses to other states Tuesday. Travel arranged and funded by Colorado. Since December 9th, more than 3,600 migrants have arrived in Denver um, after crossing the United States at the southern border. Uh, most of them are coming from Central and South America. The unprecedented influx has severely stretched city resources. Um, and so, yeah, the city, again, is is doing what they can, but they're overwhelmed. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if the best answer is just to, I, this is a hard one. I mean, we have our own housing crisis here. You know, I know people that are, are uh, having to leave, that are talking about leaving longtime residents, people who have grown up here. I have one friend that, you know, someone who um, had, grew up in Estes Park, you know, has, has her own children here in Estes Park. And she had to leave last month because there's no place to go. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the middle of the slow season. So, you know, at this point, uh, you know, city leaders out of Denver are begging for assistance and no one seems to want to do anything. We do know that we we're doing pretty well here at Estes Park, you know, and it is a slow season. And there's one, one person in particular, you're, you're probably familiar with him. If you're a listener of my show, I've had him on several times. His name is John Meissner and, uh, he ran for town council, uh, the last cycle, um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's pretty plugged in. He does rub a lot of people, uh, <laughs> a, a different way. Uh, I'll say that he's definitely a disruptor, um, but he's passionate and you know what? He's willing to literally put his body on the line to call attention to this because he feels like Estes Park is, is set up to be able to help in some way. And I was included on some. Uh, emails back and forth between John Meissner and specifically Wender, when, Mayor Wendy Koenig. Um, and um, we haven't heard anything as far as the city saying they're going to do something or not do something. She was on vacation, to be fair. Um, but, you know, the holidays are done. The, the, the state's moving forward. And John has decided to go on a hunger strike. Now, this is only going to be a limited thing. I think he's on day three at this point. Um, I interviewed him yesterday and, um, you know, he, that was day two. So he was doing pretty good. And I'm going to be checking in on him to see how he's doing and to see if this gets any traction. Um, but I'm, we're, today's episode is all going to be about listening to John's, um, impassioned, uh, plea for our city to step up and do something. And, you know, he's got some valid points, you know, when we were evacuated, um, we, we weren't ping pong when we, we had the fires a couple of years back and, and the whole town had to evacuate. 
you know, down in Larimer County, down along the 36 corridor, um, down into Denver, they took us all in with open arms. You know, it, it really went well. Um, so, you know, maybe this is, is a karmic moment where we as a community can say, you know what, maybe we can't do that much. Maybe we can, but at least maybe we can do something because it sure sounds like a lot of these cities and counties are just, they're passing the ball. They're passing the buck. And we have to ask ourselves, do we want to be the type of community that just passes that ball as well? And thanks, but we're good. Because I think we are doing pretty good financially. We have a new strategic plan that talks about diversity. You know, this is a, a perfect karmic moment for our community to come together and, and say, you know what? Let's figure out how to help these people. So, um, yeah, that, that's going to be it for today. So we're going to go ahead and jump into this interview. First, I just want to thank our sponsors, the, um, the Historic Park Theater and the Real Mountain Theater, both the movie theaters here in Estes Park. and. Um, yeah, they got some great movies going. I, I want to go see before it, it, it it's cycled out. I want to go see Babylon. Um, you know, I I have been seeing quite a few movies. I saw that um the new uh Black Panther movie. That was really good. And then Avatar, of course, was just amazing. Um, but I do want to check out the um Babylon movie about kind of the, the 1920s, 1930s Hollywood era and just all its reality. So anyway, you can click on the um, links at the bottom of the page, see what showtimes are going on where, and um, help support this show by going out and letting them know that you, you, you heard about uh, the theaters from here. All right, folks, here we go. This is the interview from yesterday with John Meissner, a local citizen here, very, very engaged. Um, and uh, yeah. I've got some some previous interviews with him. You can just search for John Meissner on the search bar of, there on Substack, and you should be able to find him. All right, we're here with John Meissner, who has been a regular guest on the show, and um, he has a, a new endeavor he's in taking, one that includes put, kind of putting your body on the line with this, yeah, so yeah, um, at least you're... Your, your well-being, possibly. Yeah. Uh, but this is an issue you feel is important. So tell us a little bit about what 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 you feel so strongly for that you're willing to uh, to perform a hunger strike for. Well, Jason, and thanks for coming over. Um, this is the 15th year, I looked on the calendar, the 15th year since I've lived permanently in Estes Park. And from the beginning, I've been pointing out issues, problems, uh, with Estes Park as far as being inclusive, uh, as far as discriminating against people of various religions and races. Uh, and Estes Park has a long, sad history of that. And again, I understand other com Colorado communities do as well. Other Colorado communities had a KKK chapter. I don't live in other Colorado communities. I live in Estes Park. And I'd like Estes Park to be a real town, not a pretend town, not a a, a toy town. Um, and so, and I've, I've been fairly strong in advocating for that over the 15 years I've been here. And I've been, you know, trying to do it through <laughs> effective argument, what I think is a well-crafted argument or a presentation or printing out, you know, color things and pass them around to, to the trustees. And it's not working. And so I'm just, I'm tired. I'm just 15 years of of presenting this and not really having people say I'm wrong, uh, but again, just dismiss it by saying, well, you're really passionate, which is not a compliment. It doesn't mean you're compassionate. It, it's a way to dismiss me and say, I don't agree with you. I think your opinions would cause me to have to change my opinions, and I don't want to do that, so I'd prefer you go away. So when they say someone's passionate in town, in Estes Park here, I think it means um, you're misguided. And so on certain issues, I don't think I'm misguided. And from the beginning when I've said I've had, I have zero tolerance for racism, I think Estes Park ought to have zero tolerance for racism. I don't think that's an unusual, I don't think that's something that I need to apologize for. I think that's the way that most people who are educated or, you know, again, whatever it is, not talking about liberal or conservative, just the way we need to move forward in our country to be better. 
Uh, and so it's been 15 years of no response. And so I said, okay, let's get out of that rut and let's try something different. Now, again, I know the result. There won't be a change. And I don't want to be flippant and say, but at least I'll lose some weight over this. Um, that It's an important issue. Well, tell us about um, the issue. What's going on? What's going on that's got you? So the issue is I, I just came back into town from being abroad and um, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't following Earth from the beginning. I don't have a TV in my home. But again, I was gone and I'm not making apologies or excuses. But the first thing I learned about this was uh, the Friday local paper, and it was quoting something that probably appeared Thursday, where Larimer County said, you know, I, I, I understand that Denver's asking for help for this migrant crisis. Uh, since December 9th, about a hundred migrants a day have been being bussed into Denver. A day, yeah. Yeah. And so now they're up to 3,500 and Denver's saying, this is an emergency. We're under great stress here. This is something that we need help from outside communities. And Larimer County said, we're, we're not going to be able to help you. Uh, and it wasn't something that should have been glossed over. It should have been something that was roundly and severely criticized. Their excuses were laughable. They were pathetic. Um, it's, so it's, this, to be clear, the, yeah. the, Denver, the Denver mayor put yeah. out this call yeah. for help yeah. for yeah. local surrounding communities to help yeah. shoulder the burden. And, and again, I don't know who fits into that. I'm not sure who exactly he contacted directly or just put out a blanket statement saying we need help. Um, but Larimer County, I think, fell down here and did a very bad job. Of, of, again, making excuses for why they, they, they shouldn't or couldn't help. And one of it was clearly them holding out their hand and saying, well, if you gave us money, we might be able to do something. And then the other thing was a logistical excuse. And again, it's not like we're talking about landing on at Normandy for D-Day. But, oh, well, if you bust them up here, we'd have to bust them back to Denver at some point. So What? Uh, there's I-25 runs right between Fort Collins and Denver. There's bus routes that go every day. That's not that's not a valid excuse. Um, and I'm not I'm not trying to you know criticize Fort Collins or Larimer County. I don't know their financial situation. I I have been looking into it, and I think Larimer County churches, maybe some Fort Collins churches, took some of the migrants. Um, but I saw that, and I didn't even have to think twice to 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 know that Estes Park was going to fall right in line with Larimer County. And I know Estes Park's situation financially. We all know Estes Park's situation financially, and we brag about it. And every month, we break new sales tax collection records in Estes Park, and good for Estes, good for Estes. But are we always going to be a taking community, or at some point, are we going to become a giving community? And again, I'm not trying to paint a broad brush and saying everybody in Estes Park is selfish. I'm just saying the town government at some point needs to step up and reciprocate when other communities that have helped us in the past yeah. come and ask us for help. And, and the example that I, very clear in my mind, I was evacuating just like we were all evacuating yeah. for the East Troublesome Fire. My route took me past the hospital because some of the other roads were crowded. And so I got off the major thoroughfares and was on some side streets trying to get so I could get out of town. And I went by the hospital and there were Denver fire trucks, Denver fire trucks hosing down the roof of our hospital to keep it protected in case the East Troublesome Fire came in and, you know, set some of the community on fire. And Denver was not saying at the time, if when they got the call, gosh, I don't know if this is an emergency. I don't know if this is really going to happen. Maybe you won't lose your buildings. And gosh, when we bring our trucks up here, that means we're going to have to find some way to get them back. No, they just responded like any normal community would when someone is asking desperately for help. Sure. And they came right up and they helped us out. And again, the other thing that everybody recognizes who lives in Estes Park, who are the majority of our day trippers from the Front Range? They come from Denver because Denver's the big, biggest population center. So while we're bragging about all these increased tax revenues, while we have all this money that we can spend on things that aren't emergencies, um, how about we say, gosh, maybe here's a chance where we could give back, not only to Denver, but again, and I'm not saying that we're required because of our past 
to try and make it better than what, how we've treated minorities in the past. But what a perfect situation for us in the winter time to do that, to say, let's right some past wrongs and let's reach out and say to Denver, absolutely, we'd love to help you here. We'd love to take some of these migrants because we have all kinds of hotel rooms that since we're a summer primarily tourist organization that are empty and available, have all kinds of restaurants that have open tables, have all kinds of volunteer people up here and older people up here who aren't quite as busy with activities. And so they'd be happy to drive back. I just know that. I know we have that. Now, what I, what I also know, if the town is going to respond at all, which I don't think they will, uh, I think they'll just, number one, we're kind of on this one month hibernation until the 10th when we have a new town board meeting. Um, I think they'll say, we're not set up for that. And so again, what I would counter is, we needed to get set up for this a number of years ago. If we were a real town again, and because a part of it, 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 it kind of glides over into the, or it kind of, you know, moves over into the homeless problem because some of the migrants are going to maybe leave wherever you put them. And then, but again, number of years ago, we had a homeless problem. Well, we don't have a homeless problem because we don't, we, we don't allow ourselves to have a homeless problem because we chase homeless people out of town. We have no safety net for them here. And so once they're dropped off here, we have no way to help them except through the police and, and generally homeless people. And especially if they have some mental health issues, they don't want to interact with the police. That's not the, the, the ideal source of first contact. And really, um, that's limited, from my experience in yeah, reporting, yeah. limited to, yeah. you know, voucher cars for a room for a night. Correct. Um, Correct. And then, yeah. you know, transportation down to the valley. Yeah. And so, and that, and and <clears throat> and bless whoever set that up, uh, and maybe it was town funded, or maybe it was, you know, some service organization funded, some nonprofit organization funded, but that's the bare minimum, like you say. We should be doing much better. Again, because we're not poor, we're wealthy. And we need to, uh, again, recognize that this is a problem that's not getting smaller. It's only going to get larger. And for me, it's the equivalent of saying, well, we're not going to have a fire department anymore because we don't want people to be, you know, reporting or setting fires. No, no. We, We have to build and prepare and get the logistics in place for the homeless population uh, I get it. It ruins the visitor experience or whatever it is that makes them so. Or again, my concern is, do we have this history where unless you are at a certain income level, you don't belong in Estes Park? Um, and with the migrants, um, it's we need to find some way because, again, there's going to be all these impediments. Oh, well, you know, what, what lodges will agree to do this? None. Uh, unless we overpay, maybe. Uh, maybe the YMCA would do it. They've stepped up in the past. But I think they'll just say, the town will say, as a government entity will say, well, we're just, we're not able to do this. And and God forbid, and I'm being sarcastic, but, you know, they sent migrants to um, Martha's Vineyard, another wealthy kind of enclave. And and I'm not saying that, that we don't have an airport, but we certainly, charter buses can run anywhere. And God forbid that, you know, we should drop some, you know, brown or black people off in Estes Park. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Well, we're not going to do anything except find a school bus or some to take them somewhere else. We're not set up to handle this. And again, we're not a community if we're not set up to handle this. Um, so you you reached out to uh, some some of the town administrators yeah. or the, yeah. the officials. Yeah. How yeah. did that tell us about the website. that? Well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's problematic in the first place because... I don't use social, you know, convention or all the niceties when we start conversations. I've been doing this for 15 years. I think we know each other and where we stand. Um, and so I kind of got the feeling when I wrote to our, our mayor um, that I was interrupting her vacation or perhaps peeing in her oatmeal. And it's like, well, happy new year to you too. Um, and I'm I'm not saying that I shouldn't have, you know, asked about her family before getting into the conversation. I don't know her family. But for me, and again, this may be misguided or I may be naive, the organizational chart for our government, the chain of command, the top is the taxpayer. They they trot it out every year and show us the top of who gets to make decisions in town 
is the constituents. And the public servants, and notice the word that's right in the title, servants are below the taxpayers. Now, that's not how it operates in Estes Park, and I get it. But I am just a little frustrated with always getting a lecture about who, you know, be nicer about your approach. And and again, I, I think this was not intentional, but it was like, do you want me to look into this or not? And I think it already should have been looked into. Uh, this is something, again, that we've, we've known migrants are, that come across the border are being sent elsewhere. And that we, in the winter, and again, for a long period of time, have talked about, oh, well, with the Ukrainians, maybe we, we talk a lot about, oh, we could support them as refugees or during hurricanes or fires in the Marshall Fire, but we never do it. And so I want to move past the point of talking about this and show me some action. I can't distinguish you from a racist. You can talk all you want about I'm not a racist until you have concrete actions that show me you're not. And again, I'm not accusing anyone because it makes everybody all nervous. But I'm saying here's another situation where I'm going to walk, because we're not going to do anything about this. We're going to make excuses or just pretend this isn't our problem. Uh, or we're going to give token funds when we know we have millions of dollars and, and we have things like, you know, a roundabout down near the old donut house that's going to run into the millions of dollars. That's Oh, that's no problem. But that's never been an emergency. That's never been something that, oh, my God, you know, this is life or death situation. For these migrants, they, I don't, you know, again, what I'm doing is nothing and I don't even pretend to think it's anything compared to what they had to go through to get here. Do, do you um, think the reception would be different if these people were white? <laughs> I don't even want to speculate, but I think it would be easier. But, you know, Estes Park, I, 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 I'm losing my faith that they do anything if it required an outlay of money um, or an outlay, again, from the government, I'm from our local government. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm becoming more and more skeptical of what, what, and again, with the mayor, what are your priorities? Been in office for two and a half years. Not ever had a mayor's chat, as previous mayors did. Not ever had what we called a state of the town, which is like a state of the union, an update right around this time of year to say, here's what we accomplished last year. Here's what we're going to do moving forward. What does our mayor want to leave as a legacy? Uh, because when the mayor has an opportunity through our local press, has a weekly column, for me, and again, people will criticize this, it is either a pep rally about how great everything is, or it's promotion of the Koenig brand. And that's unfair, I get it. But at no time in two and a half years have I seen any issues addressed that are important at a human right, basic human rights level. And so it's as if, again, we're not a real town. We're just this pretend place where people come to, you know, get all of their troubles go away and we have to pretend that there are no troubles in the world. And that's not, I don't want to, I don't know that anybody wants to live here, but maybe they do. Maybe we have a bunch of people who just retire and say, I don't want to be an activist. I want to be an inactivist unless it's a rich person's problem. And I just seem like every time I'm going to town board meetings, we're discussing rich people's problems. Now, people will say, well, what about we just passed some things that will help with workforce housing and with daycare? Wonderful. But that's years out. I it's mean, years it's out. And at what point in any of that are we going to talk about transitional housing for people who are homeless? Well, I mean, um, and we, we do see a brain drain happening. I mean, I know someone that oh, just this past month who grew up here who had their children here who had to leave because, you know, housing was right. too tight and the job market, right. you know, took a, a, a downward turn from where it had been. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know. And, and so, I, you know, it's going to take years and I just don't know what the initial effort is going to be. It is what, even at workforce level, what level are we hitting? Because when they talk teachers and clerks and, and firemen and policemen, that's not really roles that a lot of Hispanic people work at here in our community. Uh, they're working more, you know, 
three jobs that are things that white people don't want to work at that, you know, barely keep them in a substandard rental property. And so I'm not trying to say I need to be the town's conscience. Uh, I think we've got lots of organizations here, religious service that, that would step up and do things. But again, if the mayor would ask and say, here's the issue. And, and we can't, we're just not set up yet as a town to do this, but could someone step up in the gap, um, some, some church, uh, you know, somebody, and provide some help for these migrants that, that, again, the Denver mayor has said, this isn't a drill. This is serious. We're full. Uh, we can't handle any more of the stress. Um, and so if she would even do that. But I don't, I don't know. And again, I have faith that, that people, when they hear this, will say, I would like to help. How can I help? And I'm the imperfect vessel to ask. I don't know. I went out to the YMCA and asked them a couple days ago, would this be something you could do? Would this be something you're able to do? And so I've yet to hear back, but I'm, you know, it, it's, it's a Christian organization. I'm not a religious person, but when I go to the town board and we, we say one nation under God, I think the most of the people that are up there that are trustees and staff and the people in the audience, for them, that means a Christian God. And I went through the Bible looking for when, you know, God ever said, hey, when your neighbor asks for help, just, you know, ignore it. And I haven't found it yet. What I find is things that say, if someone is hungry, you feed them. If someone is, you know, thirsty, you give them water. If some is, is a stranger, you invite them into your home. And so, gosh, I think we ought to be, you know, trying to strive for that just on a basic level. And, and I'm just, I'm losing hope. That that the at least at a town government level they know what the golden rule is or how you apply that um, and so again show me we can all talk honeyed words about how good we are but here's where a, a situation has presented itself where we need to actually have some action so, now so you've actually decided to to take a step to try to bring attention to this issue. Tell us about what you're doing with the hunger strike. What yeah. motivated you to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to use some of these techniques that, you yeah. know, violent techniques to, right. that have historically been used yeah. here in this issue. Yeah. In this and, and I should have researched it more <laughs> to know how many days I should have it. And it's not, a, a, there's, it has a set time period because again, I know they're not going to respond in any way. They're not going to step in and try and stop it. And I personally didn't want to find myself hospitalized or or worse, or, you know, with, with damage to my system, kidney or otherwise that can't be repaired. So it's 10 days. And I think most people would scoff at that and say, oh yeah, that's nothing. Um, and, and it is nothing, but it's, it's, I'm not young. And so I hope I get through it. And like I say, this is day three and nobody's impressed by somebody going three days without food, just water. Um, and you're going to do 10 days. I'm going to do 10 days. And, and again, no matter <laughs> If I if I if I get all the ten days or I don't, if I say on day six, oh my gosh, I'm having some electrolyte imbalances here and I've got to stop doing this, I don't win. It doesn't help me in any way. It just if I get through the ten days, people are say, oh, you're cheating or you lied or it was a hoax or um, or no big deal. Um, and if I don't get through the day, ten days, like serves you right and yeah, you're not you're pretty weak and blah 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 whatever. Um, so what so, do you hope this may, may so, do? So, you know, <laughs> I, I in one way, I'm uh, by seven day seven or day eight, I'm going to be modeling just here on the bed in, or in the sofa here on a fetal in a fetal position, just what the town's doing, which is nothing. And I, and I don't like that. I, I, I generally like to be working and, and have some energy. And so I know by day seven or eight, uh, I'm going to just not have any energy. But again, that that will be a good reflection of what the town's doing on this, which is, in my opinion, again, they can prove me wrong, and this is where I've set it up. You can always prove me wrong uh, of doing nothing. Um, so really and, what you're doing is trying to bring the attention to Yeah, the, and, I, and again, inaction. I'm just afraid, I'm afraid there's other people in town who say, oh, you're just doing this for publicity. There's not going to be a lot of publicity. 
And yeah, it would be great if it extended beyond, but I, I think it'll just stay here in Estes Park and everyone will say, oh, that's dismiss it as that's crackpot John acting silly again. But as I said, I, I'm t- I don't know what else to do. I don't want to turn to violent means of expressing my disappointment. Uh, that just gets me in trouble with the law yeah. and causes destruction of, of property. And I'm, I, I've never been about that. I've yeah. never been radically saying we've got to, you know, march and, and break things. And so this is a very passive, very nonviolent way. And again, if I have the town lecturing me at the time that I'm curled up here on the sofa, I think that might also demonstrate who's who's really got the problem here do you, uh, do you hope that other people will join you in this effort not in the i, I mean again i got other sofas here if they want to <laughs> they're invited um i i would hope again remove me from the equation if you don't like me write the mayor or write our town administrator and say independent of me the mayor in denver is asking for help what are you planning to do in response uh, because I would like to know, on the record, what they are planning to do, and if they're just going to go to their counterparts at Larimer County and say, hey, give us give us some good talking points so we don't have to do anything on this. Because um, I would like to know. I would like to know the community I live in, where do you come down on basic human rights and helping people in a time of need? Um, because, you know, it'd just be nice to know, and, and not with the words, again, but with the action. So, um, have you what, thought what of- you could, you know, where you're asking, what what could you do? Um, and I, I'm not asking for a boycott. What one thing that I've, you know, your whole schedule when you're when you're in the West is based on eating and getting ready to eat and cleaning up after you eat. Um, and I'm not saying boycott restaurants, but if Estes Park isn't going to help, why are we going to support Estes Park? And I'm not. You, we don't use hotels in the in the winter time, but. If you have guests coming up, if, if Estes Park doesn't do anything in this case and you feel like they should have, maybe the next time you have guests coming up, maybe they stay in Lyons, in the tiny homes in Lyons, or they stay in Loveland. Why are we supporting restaurants and, and hotels if they won't step up and give some of that back? And so that I know what's going to happen. The town's going to say, oh, we don't really have that much money. When it comes down to helping other people, it's like, oh, suddenly all this pool of money that we have to spend on on things is, is going to dry up. And the hotels are going to say the same thing. I'm just barely eking by and all that. It's not true. <laughs> and I'm not trying to, you know, say I'm I'm not better than you. I'm not in any way claiming that. Um, and and I'm not doing anything that really helps the situation either, except trying to bring attention to it. And and so, have you considered hosting people here at your home um, if they'd like to come? Uh, you know where I live now, uh, and you can put that address on your website. Oh, and- I'm not, not going to dox you. But yeah, it would have to be them contacting you, and then you know I don't know how that would work. I'm in the phone book. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, but I'm the imperfect vessel. Again, I have no bona fides to be doing this. This should be coming from somebody in the Hispanic community, or this should be coming from somebody with a religious background. Um, and I'm not the person to be doing this. But again, it's been 15 years, and I'm, I, I, I can't wait any longer. So, yeah, and then after day 10, if I'm still got enough energy, I'll go down and talk to the town and say either thank you because I'm not, maybe they will step up. Uh, I don't think they're heartless people. Um, And maybe we will start to maybe create a task force to look into this. Maybe EDC could approach um, some hotel chain and say, hey, can you build capsule hotels up here? Something that just has the basics, a bed, a bathroom, you know, a a closet, whatever it is, and and some warmth, so that in the wintertime when they're not being used, we might be able to use them for a a situation exactly like this. Now, is that going to happen? No. Can I dream about that happening? Yes. Um, But it would be nice at least to get some other people together and talk about it. What, What are the roles of all these various organizations? Is it only to generate more revenue, more income, build up the coffers more and more in Estes Park? Or is it at some point to give back to people in need and and not chase them away or, you know, close our eyes and pretend they're not there? Um, and and I, I mean, it's just a perfect, a perfect example right here in Denver of 
Estes Park, here's where you can step up and help. Will you step up and help? So. All right. Well, I'm going to check in with you every every day or so and just see how you're that. doing. Yeah, I appreciate um, that very much. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe we can do an update either midway yeah. through or at the end of it, and you can yeah. Uh, yeah. tell us I, more about can, what's transpired. I can promise it'll be a shorter conversation. <laughs> I can promise I won't be quite as energetic. I may be, I may be reclined here, and you may be sitting over there at that chair. Um, but I, I appreciate that. And I, I, I think everything's going to be, f- I am brushing my teeth. If there's a like rules <laughs> of what to do during a hunger strike, I, I haven't seen them and I don't know what's allowed. I have told other people if I get, I'm, I'm a physician, I'm trained as a physician. If it gets to where I can see I'm in danger of having some damage that I can't repair, I'm going to, you know, if it's diarrhea, I'm going to boil some rice up and drink the rice water. And uh, if, if I need electrolytes, I'm going to hook up an IV. Um, and, I, and I don't think any of that's going to happen. But I, again, it's an experiment. I, I haven't embarked on it before. Uh, I don't know. Um, but but I, I accomplish nothing by removing myself from the scene or getting myself hospitalized. Uh, I'm afraid that the town will say, well, now we can't do anything because John's inserted himself into this. But Again, after 15 years, I can tell people they would have had the same response where whether I was here or not, whether I was shouting from the rooftops or, you know, whispering sweet nothings in their ear. I know how they act and, and again, what's set up, what the framework is, and they got to change. Or again, prove me wrong and great. I mean, all the time when, when we have these battles, I think they dig in because I'm asking. Um, and so once again, here's your chance to, I'm, I'm in a very passive role here. I'm in a very humble, humble, non-confrontational role when I'm on a sofa. Um, and so you can win. I get it. You can win. You can have your victory. Um, but I think this is more important and it's about, you know, people who are really suffering, um, and reaching out and, and when, when a neighboring community asks for help, um, it should be easiest for just say, absolutely, how can we help? So, and I want to say too, and you brought that magazine over, and I'm not blowing smoke or uh, I'm not, you know, what we used to call log rolling in our time. Um, you, you've been a very effective spokesperson for um, the cause for the January 6th insurrection. You're on the right side of this. Um, you represent Estes Park very well. Uh, but I'm sure you recognize, and whether you you know probably don't care, you're not going to be nominated for Estes Park's Man of the Year, and so you're. you're I, not... I figure I'm not going to get any coverage ever, other than what I put out in town ever. Yeah. Well, and so, but just recognize that you know the rewards here and the rewards outside of here are are generally again it's 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 confusing to me. It's like that. Um, Zoolander movie where it's like, I'm taking crazy pills. I don't know what's going. I can't figure Estes Park out. Uh, And so at some point, I think they should at least acknowledge uh, the good work you're doing Uh, because every time you're on television, there's Estes Park being represented. There's somebody who this is what Estes Park believes. And again, it's just you, but you're, you're an, you're an effective spokesperson and, and, the message is true and, and history is already proving you correct and will only do so in the future. So I, again, with all of this, I think the rewards come later. Uh, and I, I think you're, you know, you're a prophet that's not going to be loved in your old, in your own land. And so, and that's what I find too, when I get out of Estes Park, people don't think I'm touched in the head. Um, and people do, you know, I have, I, I, I am able to accomplish things. And so it's like, I know they want me to go away, but it's just, I'm just so stubborn. I'm going to try to drag Estes Park in whatever, I don't know if we're even drug into the 20th century yet. But, and, and again, I know, I know, even on the town board, I know there are going to be voices that say, we are working towards, towards being inclusive and not discriminating. And so, and, and I'm not, you know, trying to put anybody on the spot, but I'm just saying, as, I, as I've already said, I don't need words anymore. Well, they've got they've got a good strategic plan now. Yeah. But yeah. and yeah. here's an opportunity to yeah. Yeah. to to yeah. to, yeah. to yeah. include in, some of that yeah. diversity they talked about. And and the next time the discussion comes up about the new town hall, 
uh, I may just insert again, hey, and how about, you know, the new homeless shelter right next to it? We can reward ourselves. We got a brand new conference center. We got a brand new community building. We got all these things that are really great for, again, bringing in revenue and helping white people pampered, blah, blah, blah. How about we start reaching out and helping minorities? Because the judge of any government, any democracy, is how you treat your minorities. And, and we, in my opinion, need to, need to be doing a better job of that. I think, we, I think again, I'm not going to dismiss and say we're not. I think we're trying. But I've been here 15 years, and the progress has been painfully, painfully slow. And things that I brought up in 2017 that are not an issue and that other communities are doing as far as redlining in the past and striking that from their deeds and saying, we do not agree with this. Other communities in Colorado recognized to have changed it. We're still just kind of lollygagging around and, and saying, well, we need to look into that more. We don't. We need to just get it on record. We do not agree with selling property only to white people or people of a certain religion. So, All right. Well, we'll check in with you again here shortly. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, I will keep you informed. Okay, folks, that's it. Um, I'm going to try to check in with John later this week, maybe get an update this weekend. Next week, I am going to be traveling to the East Coast and um, working on some of the other projects that I have going on. So um, we'll see what I can get out and what I can't. I'll try to keep you informed as to what's going on. All right, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you do, please consider either sharing it via social media, or if you'd like to support it more directly, just go ahead and upgrade to a paid membership. Um, you know, at first I put everything out for free. I am beginning to paywall things that are in the archive. So if you want to access full access, to the archive, you can pay the $5 membership. Um, if you want to give more, you can also do that. There's an option to do that. That helps me keep going on this and just survive in between my other projects, whether they be books or articles or now series that I'm beginning to produce. So um, it just helps keep me afloat day to day and continuing to bring you what I do at the Colorado Switchblade. Also, if you are a local business owner and you think that my listening audience might be a good fit for you, please reach out Jason at Colorado switchblade.com. All right, folks, stay safe out there. Be kind to one another. You've been listening to the Colorado Switchblade. I'm Jason Van Tatenhoe. Talk with you soon. <laughs>